2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, this is what I'd like you to do over the next week. If you will just kind of make first, or 2 Corinthians 4 your meditation. Just take some time, read it every day. Uh, we're going to be in it this week and Lord willing next week as well. I just want to kind of talk to you uh, on, a, on a main topic called perplexed. I, mean, I was going to call it overwhelmed, perplexed, confused, uh, but we're living in perplexing times, aren't we? Today's word to us is don't give up. Don't give up. 2 Corinthians 4, we're going to begin reading in verse number 5 now. So these are confusing times. They're very troubling times, uh, perplexing, puzzling type situations we're going through. And some, some of it even to the, just the, the, the normal minds, just some of it just simply does not make any sense. And as, as I was praying for you this week, I was just saying, Lord, just give me something to just help strengthen our people. Just help, help strengthen them to give them hope. There's a lot of things, and, and probably all of us in this season have kind of felt that cloud kind of just hanging, that dark cloud just kind of there. You know, you wake up, it's there. You, it's hard to get motivated about You just got to make yourself do certain things. And, and some of us have gone through some really, really dark things, some really, really devastating things that absolutely have taken the wind out of us. So I, I just pray that the Word of the Lord would just come strong to us today, just, just to impart something to us that would encourage our hearts. So we've got a lot going on in our community, a lot of death. And again, I've said this probably a dozen times this last year. We have heard more about death and dying and the threat of, of all that kind of stuff in, our, in this last year more than we probably have our whole life. It's all right in front of us. So Lord, help us. We need something to counter all that. Some of it we can't help but hear, and some of it's just reality. We've got to deal with it. But we need some hope and some life, some word. And, and whenever I get to feeling like that, I just dive right into the scriptures. I dive right into the word and I just say, I ask the Lord, just, Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. That heaviness that comes upon you. I just have to have some relief somehow. It may just be a, it may just be a seed. It may just be a grain, of, a, a piece of bread, just a grain of something. It may just be a small thing, but I need something that I can feast on, something I can hold on to during these times. Well, let's read verse 5 through verse 16 of 2 Corinthians. Let's just see what the Lord has for us this morning. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. That's what we preach. And ourselves are your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. That's Genesis 1. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So just as God said, let there be light in creation in Genesis 1, God also at one time in our life as followers of Jesus, he said the same thing over us. May have used some different verbs, but somehow or another he turned the light switch on. He said, let there be light, and the knowledge of Jesus came to us. Hmm. You remember that? Hopefully it's still coming, right? Verse 7. Here's some of that knowledge. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. In other words, what he's saying is I'm, I'm literally sacrificing my life 
and, and it's, it's really taken a lot out of me, but I'm doing it for your sake so that you can live. That's what Paul's saying. That's what every minister should be saying. Verse 13, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And the last. Therefore, because of all of this, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Amen. This is the word of the Lord to us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need today. Lord, we, we're here. We need your word to turn into hope. We need your promises to turn into hope for us, Lord. We need your word to heal us. Your word says that you sent your word and it healed them. I pray that would be for us, Lord. Heal us, Lord. We've got a lot of work to do, but we can't do it maimed and dragging and weak. We've got to be strong. So I just pray, Lord, that you would strengthen these weak knees, strengthen these weak ankles, strengthen this weak back, Strengthen this weak mind. Pour your spirit out upon us. Make your word bread for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's talk about don't give up, all right? So when, when you go through dark seasons, I mean, fear is just, it's just there. It's there. Worry's there. Doubt, confusion, anger, sometimes lust and greed and all those kind of things are there too. Anxiety of all sorts and forms are there. And those are just some of the primary weapons that the enemy uses to distract us and to discourage us from doing what God has called us to do. How I many you know it's really easy in today's world with all the stimulation we've got and all the things we've got from our phones to our, the media to all the things, it's real easy to get discouraged. It's real easy to get distracted and get off track. It's super easy, isn't it? So that means that we've got to work hard to get on track and stay on track. We've got to work hard and cooperate with the Lord and let Him help us. All the things that the enemy sends and all that fear and worry and anxiety and all the frustration and confusion, all those things are meant to take our attention away from God, away from his purposes, away from the mission he's called every single one of us to do, is to get us off track and to place our focus, to place our energies and our resources on things that are far inferior and that will lead down a really dark path. The enemy's come to discourage and to distract but we've got to keep our focus. In this passage, the Apostle Paul, he's, he's sharing some revelation. And whenever you read Paul, you've got to just kind of take him bit by bit and piece by piece and phrase by phrase. Because this is the way Paul writes. He'll get something on his mind and he'll be on, it, on that track and something else will hit him. And he'll put an a, 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 a insert in the middle of a sentence that lasts about four verses, six verses, sometimes ten verses. And then he'll come back to his thought. It's like talking to me, actually. <laughs> We're over here talking about football, and then I'll see the coffee, and hey, honey, did you get? And I'll be back to football in just a minute, you know, that kind of thing. So you got to kind of just kind of sometimes you got to take some of that middle part out and squeeze it back together to get the main thought, and then put it back in there and say, ah, oh, now I see what you're doing. But so so Paul's very very dense, and even the Apostle Peter said Paul writes a lot of wonderful things, and most of them are really hard to understand. But let's just kind of pull some of this apart. What Paul actually is doing right here is giving us a little part of his personal testimony. 
This is kind of one of, one of the, the Lord is my shepherd kind of passages that he is laying it out that this has been my testimony with God, my history with God. This is, these are some things that Paul has learned as he's gone through some really, really tough stuff. If you know anything about Paul's life, the apostle lived a very difficult life. He was probably the most effective and, and uh, a Christian that's ever lived, a missionary. In fact, he's still gaining fruit today just by his writings, what the Holy Spirit's put in writing in the scriptures. But he lived a very difficult life for Christ and for the sake of the church. And he endured many, many hardships. He lists some of them in, in, uh, in some of his writings. Nothing was easy for Paul. So he's going to share some of this information about how he has not only survived, but he's overcome all of these kind of things. He's going to let us in on some of these secrets. And the Holy Spirit, as Paul's writing, the Holy Spirit's like, man, that's good. I'm gonna, I want my entire church to know what this man has discovered. That's what he said about Paul. And, and the Holy Spirit put it in holy writ so that we could see it and just draw from his personal life, his personal revelations that the Holy Spirit gave him and say, hey, everybody needs to know what this man knows. He's a pretty important guy, isn't he? 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Here's some of the revelation that he learned. But we, talking about the body of believers, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. This idea of treasure in earthen vessels. Say it with me. Treasure in earthen vessels. Now, this is one of the mysteries. This is a huge mystery of the kingdom of God. Some kingdom knowledge he's given us. This is how God works. He puts his treasure, which is Christ, in earthen vessels, which is us. The treasure could be a whole lot of things. I mean, it's certainly the person of Christ. We are in Christ. Christ is in us. The scripture teaches us that very plainly. We sing songs like, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, or Jesus is in, you know, all, all those songs we learned maybe as little children if we've been in church, that Jesus is down in my heart to stay, you know, that kind of thing. That's, that's biblical. That is Christ in you. That somehow or another, this mystery of godliness is that God himself resides in every one of his followers. It kind of blows your mind when you start thinking about that kind of stuff. That's part of the treasure. The Holy Spirit is the treasure that Jesus has said that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's the comforter to be with you and to be in you. Not just with you. It's good to have a friend with you, but this friend is going to be so close to you that he is going to be your partner and comforter. He's going to live and reside in you. And Paul would say, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. God himself living on the as part of the treasure. And the Holy Spirit comes with many gifts. Supernatural gifts. Paul lists them out in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. He does a lot of teaching on those gifts. He comes in great power and authority and things of that nature to help us, to help us along the way. He comes with this, this idea of the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the, the gentleness, the kindness, the long-suffering, the goodness, the meekness, all of that kind of stuff. The Holy Spirit comes with all of that as part of the treasure and says, I, you need this in your life. It's God's goodness, it's God's blessing, it's God's wisdom, you, you name it. All the promises, that, tre that, that treasure encapsulates all of those things, all the blessings that God has given us through the covenant that's come through Jesus Christ. God takes all of that and says, this is, this is the mystery now. He takes all of that treasure and he puts it in earthen vessels. Earthen vessels, it's just, that's us. Dust we are, dust we shall return. 
scripture says. We're just that earthen vessel. It's us, we're, we're frail. And if it's an earthen vessel, anybody ever had a pot and then you dropped it? What happens to it if you drop a pot? It, it's breakable, isn't it? Uh, that sounds like us too. We're, 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 we're very much breakable. We're very much frail and fragile. And, and, and we're not up to the task. And that's why he has to take the earthen vessel and he puts a treasure inside of the earthen vessel. But it's not just any earthen vessel. It's a vessel that's shaped by his hands. The potter on the wheel, as Jeremiah saw it. That he shapes the vessel as he sees fit. Not just any vessel, not just any earthen vessel, but us as his followers. Us as Jesus people, as Christians. It's us who have been shaped by the hand of God and now have consecrated and dedicated ourselves for the master's use. And there's all sorts of vessels there's all sorts of shapes and sizes and functions and possibilities and potentials for all the different kinds of vessels. But we are that earthen vessel and God puts his treasure in us. Now let's look at this idea of treasure. What, what is that word treasure? Because it's, it's really intriguing. The Greek word for, right there in, in, in Paul's writing for the word treasure is where we get our word thesaurus from. Anybody know what a thesaurus is? Those of you who stayed awake in English class, right? You got a dictionary. Right? That's where you get the meanings of the words. And then you got a thesaurus. And what's a thesaurus? What is that? Remember the thesaurus is where you get the synonyms and antonyms of a particular word. Like, like, like if, if it's the word treasure, you would have something maybe like something of wealth, of riches, value, things like that. And it would list all the words. And you, you probably used one of these. We had books. We didn't have all the internet stuff. You had a thesaurus and you... The teacher wouldn't let you just repeat a word, so you had to go and find in that treasure of words, is what a thesaurus is, the way we use it. You go in there and you find a particular word that'll fit right in that sentence and make you look like you're real smart. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> that, that's, that's this idea of treasure. It's, it's this idea of a treasure chest or a box, a storeroom of wealth and riches. So God literally has taken things of great value, of the greatest value that can be, things of eternal worth and value, things of kingdom worth and value, and he stores them in his treasure chest, which is his people. I get that now. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, you can take that and focus on the earthen vessel, and you're going to be probably not as strong as you need to be. Or you can take your life and learn to focus on the treasure. We've got a whole different scenario there. So which will it be? Because we're all just fragile. We're all just human. We all got feet of clay, as some people have said. We all fall. We all make mistakes. We all kind of miss it from time to time. We all, some of us blow it sometimes. So we can keep our focus on the earthen vessel. That's what a lot of us do. That's why we stay defeated. That's why we stay discouraged. That's why we stay down. And that's why we stay inactive a lot of times because uh, me, you think God can use me? Well, yeah, he can use you just like he's used any earthen vessel because there's a treasure that he places that is to take preeminence over. Now, it doesn't negate the earthen vessel. The earthen vessel contains the treasure. But are you going to focus on the treasure or are you going to focus on me? yourself. One will lead to faith and one's going to lead to inactivity at best or failure. All right. Now look, look at what he says right here. We have, we have this treasure. 
We have. Everybody say this. We is me. We is me. Now, everybody that is a follower of Jesus has a certain amount of treasure in them. They don't have all the treasures. Nobody has all the treasures except Christ. But he has divided up his treasure chest into all of us and put many, many gifts and many, many abilities and many things into all of us, many blessings. And he's imparted many things to each one of us, everybody. Whether you use it or not, it's going to be debatable. But you have it if you're in Christ. I can promise you. The we is me. So I can come to a situation and I have something of substance of God's wealth and riches to give in that situation. It might be a word of encouragement. It might, it might be a gifting. It might be an ability of whatever it might be. But each one of us have a certain amount of that. Now, the we is also us. It's not just me. The we is us. Now, think about this. Think about how important we are to our community. Because what I'm looking at right here is a room full of treasure chests. I mean, this is a treasure chest, too. It's a sanctuary where we come and we talk about things and we learn how to use this treasure chest and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm looking at with each person that's in Christ, each one of you have all kinds of gifts and abilities. All kinds of treasure that God has imparted to you. I mean, you, you, the, the enemy's strategy is to get you feel like you're, you're worthless, you're useless, you, you don't have much to give and offer. But, but you, 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 no, that, see, that's earthen vessel stuff. You got to focus on the treasure. And now think about all of us together. That's why the scripture talks about us coming together and fellowshipping together, working together and functioning together. Because what happens is if a body of believers like this gets loose and gets to working together in a community, that treasure gets released all over that community. And the value of that community comes, it raises up to such a way and salvation comes to that community. You think about that now. There's something you can do with treasure, too. You can bury it for another day. Or you can access it and live off of it. I think Jesus has got a story about somebody who buried their treasure. Doesn't he? We don't have time to get into all that, but he called that guy wicked, twisted up, and lazy. Hmm. I know we don't have no problems like that. So let's move on. So in all these earthen vessels, there's treasure. Here's an exercise. Think about this. Next time you start thinking about our church family and all the people that are there, instead of just thinking about how much of an earthen vessel they are, think about the treasure they bring. I mean, you, you ever met somebody, I mean, a person in a family, and, and you're like, they are just a treasure. I mean, people have said that. I've heard them say this. They, they are just a treasure. Help us to be that, Lord. Now listen to what Colossians 2.3 says. I, I'm going to try to move a little further. I got a, I got a big dilemma. I got a lot to say. <laughs> it's always the case, unfortunately. Colossians 2.3. In him, in whom, Christ, in, in Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now think about that. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ, is what Colossians 2, 3 says. So the treasures are in Christ. Let me ask you this. Where does Christ live? Just backtrack just a little bit. Make sure we get this. Where does Christ live? Well, we know he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. We know that as well. 
But in some kind of mystical way, the scripture says that Christ lives in us. That's one of the greatest mysteries. Paul said, I, behold, I tell you a mystery. Boom. And he says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now think about that. Where does Christ live? He lives in us. So if all the treasures of knowledge and wisdom are in Christ and Christ is in us, that changes things a little bit. Go to another one, 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3. The Apostle Peter says this. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. I say that all the time to you. Do you see anything I write? I, I try to always tell you, grace and peace. It's an apostolic blessing. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Listen to this. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Hmm. So now this is part of the treasure that in part that God in Christ has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You got what you need. Let me say it like this. He's got what you need. <laughs> so let, let's let's just make a confession. I'm going to read it to you and then you can, if you agree with me, go to the next screen there. You can, you can agree with me. Because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished, there is a wealth of treasure in me. If you agree with that, I'm not going to try to get you to say something you don't believe, but if you agree with that, why don't you repeat that with me? Because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished, there is a wealth of treasure in me. There is. <laughs> now, let's, let's say this one. Because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished, there is a wealth of treasure in us. Because, see, sometimes I, I, I feel like I may not have what I actually need and I have access to it, but I go to somebody and Paul, as he, he's, he's part of this treasure chest too. He, he's actually carrying what I need. And, I, and I, I may give him a call, may reach out to him, or he may by the Spirit reach out to me and he may have a word of encouragement or a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or, or maybe, maybe $100. Maybe that was what my need was. Something of that nature, some kind of encouragement. He gives it to me. That's part of the treasure. And that's how it works and it flows among us. And you know what it's like when the Holy Spirit lays something on your heart and then that person comes to mind. You know exactly you've got to tell them about Philippians chapter 2, that verse you just read this morning. You know what I'm talking about? You know what God's saying? There's a treasure right there. Give that, give that treasure away. Give it away. Give it away. Maybe it's a prayer. It's such a wonderful gift to be able to pray for people. Lift their name up before the Lord. Say it with me. Say that last one with me. Because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished, there is a wealth of treasure in us. In us. All right. The purpose of all of this, to understand this idea of treasure in earthen vessels, Christ in us, treasure in earthen vessels, is that so you and I can live in faith and confidence. We need that today, don't we? We live in faith and confidence and we don't lose heart even though we walk through some very difficult things, very dark things sometimes. All right. Now let's get into this stuff. He, he gets into some of this dark stuff, okay, this difficult stuff. He gets into it. Here in verse 8 and 9, he lists four pairings or four poetic pairings, four couplets kind of deal. 
He says this. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. That's one pairing. We are perplexed, but not in despair. That's the second one. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. And we are struck down, but not destroyed. Now, let's kind of pull some of that apart. He says this right here. He says, we are hard-pressed, but not crushed. Go to this next slide right there. Hard-pressed, but not crushed. Say it with me. Hard-pressed, but not crushed. And I believe the language says right there, hard-pressed on every side. You know what that, that means? That means trouble is coming from every angle. You ever had season like that? I mean, it's not just that. I mean, the, the, the kid gets sick. The husband gets, has a hard time at, at work. You're having a fallout with your mama. You, all these things are happening and the refrigerator goes out and you're trying to get to work and you go out and your tire's flat. You ever have seasons like that? It just seems like one thing after another, not to mention all the, the mind stuff that happens and all the hard pressure that comes on your mind and the things you're thinking about. Trouble coming from all angles. The idea here is hardships and difficulties to the point of harassment, to the point of, that it's, it feels like it, it's, we, we use this term of hemming me in. You ever seen that? You know, like if you get a, a dog and you hem him into a corner, that means you, you, you don't give him a way out. You're just trying to trap him. That's what this idea of this kind of pressure is about. It's trying to trap me into making a mistake or making a wrong move or giving up or giving in. Speaks of all this trouble and the fear that comes with it. Hard pressed. Here it is. We are hard pressed. That's the reality. Aren't you glad the Bible deals with reality? It's not just this pie in the sky, Pollyanna, look at things. It deals with right where we live. Paul's living in a hard-pressed situation. Pressure is on. But he said, I've discovered something that I'm not crushed. The pressure is real. The pressure is there. I don't really like it, but it's there. But I have not caved in. Somehow or another, I'm making it. Somehow or another, I'm still going forward. I'm, I'm, the pressure's still there, and I'm still here. And he says right here that I believe he's talking about not being crushed in spirit. You ever met somebody who's crushed in spirit? There are a lot of things that can happen that can really knock you down. But he said, I, it's like Paul saying, I still have hope, even though this pressure's there. How is this possible that an earthen vessel can take that much pressure? It's because the treasure's in me. The treasure sustains me and keeps me from being totally crushed under the weight of all the difficulties and problems that I face. The treasure helps me. We've got that treasure in earthen vessels, remember? So I'm going through this, and the only reason I'm not crushed and quitting is the treasure sustaining me. Let's go to the second pair. He says we are persecuted, but, oh, excuse me, we are, excuse me, perplexed, but not in despair. Say that with me. Perplexed, but not in despair. Now, as I was praying, this is the phrase that kind of came to mind that drew me to this text. The idea of being perplexed, but not in despair. Perplexed. It's the idea that things are uncertain. You're just not sure how this is going to work out. I'm confused. I'm just puzzled. You know, I, I, I'm at a loss. 
I don't know which way's up. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know what kind of decisions to make. I'm just just at a loss. I'm I'm, I'm dealing with struggles and doubts. I'm, I'm maybe even doubting God, but I'm certainly doubting myself and my future. How can I how can I go forward in this kind of deal? Why why did the perplexing questions come? Why did this happen? Why why did this have to happen to us? Why did this have to happen to me? Why why did it work out this way? Why did they why did they die? Death kind of brings these perplexing things to us the most, especially when it's unexpected. And there's probably not anybody in here that hadn't dealt with that idea of, of just getting hit sideways, so they say. And you wake up, and it's a whole different world. And you're confused. And the perplexing idea is, now what am I going to do? What am I going to do? See, that's the idea of perplexed. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I'm disoriented. Perplexed. So Paul's dealing with this. I mean, the apostle is dealing with this, this perplexity. But on the other side, see, this is the earthen vessels perplexed. But the treasure in him says, don't despair. We don't use that word that much, despair. But it just simply means to be without hope is what the word despair means. So Paul says that even though I'm confused and puzzled about all of this, I'm not without hope and I'm not going to give up. The treasure in me makes me not give up. Because I simply know. Here's the hope that we have in God. Is that he is at work. What did we sing? We sang the song, even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. So we <laughs> It takes you a little while to get going there, doesn't it? <laughs> but, but when you realize that, see, that's where our faith is anchored, is that I may not can even see it, but, and I don't walk by the, the things I see, but I walk by faith knowing that God is at work. And the hope that I have is that he's not only at work, but he's going to work it out. So that's where I, 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 because if I've got to have the solution, if I've got to have the answer, if it's got to come through me, just the earthen vessel, Whew, that's a lot. I stay in that perplexed state. The idea is, I don't know what to do. But God does. I'm going to trust him. I'm confused. But God's not confused nor surprised. So I'm not going to lose hope. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to, there's going to be many tears. There's going to be some dark days and there's going to be some restless nights. But hope is right there with me and I'm going to grieve, yes. But I'm not going to grieve like everybody else that, that all the doors have closed. I'm going to grieve with hope knowing that God is at work. Now here's some treasure on it. Here, get, get you some treasure here. Romans 8, 28. It's one of my favorites. Maybe one of yours too. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. So that's how you don't lose hope. You know that he's at work and he's going to work it all together somehow. It may take a little bit. The next one. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Say that with me. Persecuted, but not forsaken. The idea of being persecuted is the idea of being terrorized. Especially because of your faith. And all the fear that comes with that terror, that, that, that terrorist kind of thing. The devil is the biggest terrorist on the planet. 
and he terrorizes us and he tries to instill fear and, and usually especially behind death and loss, especially. He just absolutely puts up all those question marks and how are we going to make it? And he persecutes us for our faith. The idea is to be put under threat. The enemy has a strategy to hunt you down and silence you. Because what he wants you to do, he wants you to close that treasure chest and silence you to where you're not effective at all for the kingdom of God. That's what he wants to do. He's persecuting. Pressure. Pressure again. The idea. But Paul said, I've learned that when I'm under these heated trials and these threats, that I am not forsaken. We, we just sang this again. I really didn't have to preach. We sang that last song. That's really when the whole sermon's right there in that last song we sang. Y'all to engage those things. It's wonderful to engage it because you're singing truth and that truth gets in your heart. The idea of not being forsaken is not being left alone. You are not alone. You're not abandoned. You're, you're not on your own. Isn't that good news? And I'm not left to my own resources. I'm not left to my own thoughts. I'm not left to my own wisdom. I'm not left to my own knowledge. I'm not left to anything that I have a treasure in me and I have a helper. I have somebody who has promised to help me, help with these kids, help with these finances, help with all the things I've got, all the pressure, all the temptation, uh, all the struggles of life, all the inner stuff I've got, all the soul stuff I'm trying to work out, all the ideas about my future and what, I, what I'm going to do with myself and all the, 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 how to work all the finances of all that out. God is with us to help us that we have not been forsaken. I don't care what your emotions have told you. God is with you. Here's part of the treasure. Hebrews 13, 5. He himself, Christ has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Say that with me. Just read this part. This is, this is promise to you now. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the last of the pairings. Struck down, but not destroyed. This one's a little bit more intense. Because whatever's happened has hurt. And I'm suffering from it. This idea of being struck down. And, and it's not just that, it's setting me back a little bit. I, I, now I've got a recovery process that's got to happen. I've been knocked down. Anybody ever been knocked down? I used to box a lot. Getting knocked down by something strong, by somebody strong, that, that is no fun. You know, you know them little birds I have in cartoons? I've seen them. They're for real. <laughs> and that's kind of what's happened. And he's got something that's hit him. He, he got a left hook of life, hit him right square in the jaw, and he went down. The idea is to be injured and feel the pain. But he said, I, I've been knocked down. But I, but I woke up and I found out that I wasn't destroyed. That there's still hope. That it wasn't a total loss, although there was a loss, whatever that might be. It wasn't a total loss. That there, there's still something to live for. There's still something to look to. There's still a life to live. There's still blessings that's come. Even though there's calamity that's come and trouble that's come, there's still blessings over here that I still have to take care of and, and understand and, and embrace. That I'm not at a total loss. And I didn't perish. I, I had a bad time. A bad season. I lost my way. But I did not die. I'm still here. Some of you need to wake up. 
and just say, I'm still standing after all these years. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> these things come in my head. I shouldn't say some of them. But <laughs> it's bad when the 70s get stuck in your head. Because then, then your feet start going crazy. You know, <laughs> you can't be still. The 70s music gets in you. Anyway, that's what my folks listen to, you know. Anyway, get some treasure on this idea of being struck down. Proverbs 24, 6 says, For a righteous man or righteous man or woman may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. I've always found that very interesting, that a righteous person, the difference between a righteous person and a wicked person is not that they don't fall. The difference between a righteous person and a wicked person is that the righteous person keeps getting up. You hear me? That ought to set us free because we've all been knocked down a few times, struck down, you know. We've all been hit with that left hook. We've all seen those birds flying around the head. But what makes the difference in us is like the little engine that could. It just won't quit. I tried to quit. I, hey, I, I personally have tried to quit several times. And, and the Lord just says, you're knocked down. I know you're down. But you have to get up now, boy. Righteous person, even though they fall, they get up. And the idea of seven times is not you got seven times until you're utterly gone. The idea of seven in the Bible is the idea of complete. It's like that no matter how many times I get knocked down, I will get back up. That's the idea, okay? So how do you put all this together? He does some of it in verse 14. The secret to overcoming faith like this. The secret to the overcoming faith that the apostle has is this. He says, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. You see what he knows? This is what he knows. That no matter what life brings his way, he knows that God will raise him up. Do you know that? I mean, do, do you know that? I mean, do you wake up with that kind of confidence? Because, see, a lot of things in life come that we can't control. We all wake up to phone calls and realities that are way out of our control. But do you know that no matter how many times you get knocked down, no matter how much pressure is upon you, no matter how much you're persecuted, no matter how perplexed and puzzled you are, do you know that in that treasure chest that lives within you is the power to raise you up from everything that knocks you down? Amen. Paul knew that. He walked and lived like that. So that's why we see him so many times in the book of Acts. He's just fearless, it seems. He goes into very hostile situations. How can a man do that? He knows that everything he faces, if it even, he's either going to overcome it or outlast it, one or the other. And he knows that Christ will raise him up, both now. Say, well, what if, what if it takes his life? Well, God's made covenant beyond the grave to raise him up, to raise us up. So, in response to all of this, the treasure in the earthen vessel. All the promises to be with us, never leave us, nor forsake us. 
What is our response? Our response is this. It's in verse 16, the very first phrase in verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Say it with me. Therefore, we do not lose heart. You know what that simply means? Our translation would be, we don't give up. We never give up. Never. God gives us the treasure, and we're going to trust him and not give up. So in, in this season, I don't know how difficult it's going to continue to get. We've got to go bury a family member tomorrow. It's not good. I don't know how dark it's going to get. I don't know how politically the winds are blowing very contrary to peace. But what are we going to do? Financially, we're, we're all kind of puzzled. What's question marks? What's, what are we going to do? That's what we're going to do. We're not going to give up on God. We're going to trust. We're going to trust him to get us through all of it, no matter how hard it gets. And we've got a treasure in us that's going to help us. I'm going to need some of your treasure from time to time. You're going to need some of mine from time to time. We're going to work together. We're going to encourage each other together. We're going to, we're going to bring the wealth and riches of Christ to each other. And somehow or another, supernaturally, God's going to meet us right there. And he's going to take us way beyond what we can do as humans together. He's going to take us way beyond ourselves because greater is he who's in us than he's in the world. And he is going to work with us and do something that's going to blow our minds. He does that. So we are not, because of the treasure, I have hope. Going through a tough time. But I will not give up. I may sleep a little longer. I may not brush my hair. I may have some bad days. I may stay in my pajamas a few days. But don't be fooled. I'm not giving up. You hear me? We cannot give up. Because he doesn't give up. See, I, I know what it's like to physically just, and spiritually just give up. And then that treasure kicks in. And he turns the engine back on and says, we're not done yet. <laughs> I know what that's like. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Help us to realize that we have your treasure in us. So many blessings, so many wonderful things, so much of your goodness you've got available to us. We're humbled, we're thankful. Holy Spirit, I just pray you would just blow your wind of encouragement. Give us a strength beyond ourselves. A sustaining power, a sustaining grace. Reminded of what you told the apostle the time he came in very difficult circumstances. You prayed three times, but you said, my grace is sufficient for you. So, Lord, I pray for each one of us, no matter where we're at, that you would impart a grace that would be sufficient, sufficient to meet the needs of the day, sufficient to heal the brokenness of the heart, sufficient, Lord, to drive away the fears that are plaguing my mind and all the obsessions that are going on in my mind. 
Thank you, Lord, for your covenant. Thank you for your promises. And I speak to your people. Everybody look at me. Don't give up. 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 Y'all don't give up. Y'all don't give up. You don't give up. T, don't you give up. Don't give up, Cody. Y'all don't give up. Don't you give up, Aaron. Don't you give up, Sandy. Peyton. You girls don't give up. There's a treasure in you. Don't give up. Alex, don't you give up. Amen. Are you watching on Facebook? Don't give up. I don't have the answers, but I know who does. Amen. Grace and peace to you. God bless you and keep you.